I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life Changing Wellness, episode number 73. Today, we talk about having happiness in your marriage, and humor is definitely a key. So get ready for a life-changing episode that will leave you ready for a second honeymoon. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Well, welcome everyone to the program. We've got a great show for you today. It's going to be a lot of fun and everyone is going to leave happy. That's what we want to do here. But before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me. And I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, my guests today are Richard and Sherry Bright. They have a powerful testimony and an undeniable chemistry that enable them to speak to couples all over the country. They use wisdom, humor, and a deep compassion for others to reach the hearts of everyone who listens. The Brights lead the Marriage Rocks class and teach the Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts pre-marriage class at Lakewood Church under Pastor Joel Osteen. They are certified Marriage on the Rock trainers taught under Christian marriage expert Jimmy Evans and through comedy. They teach and perform at events across the U.S. and several international cruises. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Richard and Sherry Bright. Welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here, Dr. Bond. Thank you for having us. Well, I, we I can tell what's, what's that, Richard? I said you had a question. You said uh, go back after the show and go rate. Are we able to go back and, and rate ourselves? Because <laughs> we want to make sure we get all thumbs up. <laughs> uh oh, you know what? Uh, I, I would go on my own page and rate myself five stars. We got to do that. You know, I, you know, I tell people that if Howard Stern can rate himself as king of all media, we can rate ourselves as king host and guest. So I think that works. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, well let, let's start off with um let let's start off with probably you know when it comes to marriage I think probably the the toughest thing is if a, if a husband does wrong or if a wife does wrong how do we forgive our spouse that has hurt us Man that's good That's a good question yeah and we we've, we've been there for sure you know our, we have a, a checkered past checkered past I guess um and you know it's hard to do in your own strength. It's hard to forgive your spouse. You know, it's hard to do it. We, we tried doing it in our own strength and we were white knuckling it a lot of the times. Uh, but until we learned, until we had God in our life and we were able to, um, you know, to trust in him and to learn about forgiveness. You know, I think when we get married also, we have these expectations that our spouse is going to make us happy all the time and we're always going to be full of joy and we're going to feel just like we feel right now. The wedding was just fantastic. Everybody was so happy. We danced all night. Um, and then when these things don't start to happen, then, you know, and there's different technicalities of, of forgiveness because if I forgot to unload the dishwasher, well, you know, that could have a, a repercussion. But if I go and I spend all of our savings, um, it's, another level. It's, it's a different level. So I think yeah. we have to have grace with each other, you know, cause we're going to disappoint each other in marriage. And that's some, something that we didn't understand. We didn't really have a lot of pre-marriage stuff and we'd both been married before. So we came with a lot of baggage and, but we didn't understand having grace with each other and, and just knowing that, that we're going to disappoint each other, you know, and we have to learn to forgive. You know, that's the thing that, um, I think that's missing now. 
I will say this. I've been married for 31 years. I still don't look a day wow. over 35. Um, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thank you, Sherry. I appreciate that. I have to keep keep you in the wheel there. So, uh, but yeah, but, uh, you know, I've been married for 31 years and, you know, like you said, you know, we go in with expectations, but sometimes I think we have an, an a subconscious uh, idea that our spouse should already know what we're thinking. And, oh, yeah. and we don't, and we, you know, we can misread body language. We can misread tone of voice. Um, we can, and, and there's so many of these little things that can destroy. And now let me ask you this. You have counseled, you have spoke to so many people on the subject of marriage. Are you still amazed that when you hear people say, well, um, I've been divorced once or twice or four times, and then you find out the reason why they got divorced. Doesn't it leave you scratching your head like that's why you got divorced? Right. Because it's never it's, it's not I say never. It's it's seldom the the huge things. It's just the little things. And you know, Richard and I have both been married before and and there's something we always even tell the pre-marriage class and that's that we could have stayed married the first time had we had the right tools and the right information and someone had just if we had just kind of, you know, uh, learned more about marriage because we didn't even understand about forgiveness. I know we were just talking about that, but that's such an important thing in marriage is to be able to forgive. I, I didn't understand forgiveness. And I thought that, you know, if Richard didn't deserve to be forgiven or if I felt like he hadn't earned it back or, you know, that felt like I was rewarding him for bad behavior. And, I, you know, I learned that forgiveness, we both did forgiveness is for ourselves. It's not for the other person. It's for us to be able to move forward. And so if we can't forgive, then we'll just get stuck in a place. And then that's what happens, I think, a lot in marriage is they don't know how to forgive and move on and have grace and keep on trucking. You know, when yeah, yeah, go ahead, Richard. When, I, I just remember when Sherry was giving me grace when I truly didn't deserve it. And um, I, I was used to the yelling and the screaming and, the, you know, you're such a disappointment in God's eyes and you're never going to be the man God's called you to be. And, you know, that's the world I grew up in. I was very comfortable in that world. You know, the screaming and the yelling and, and uh, the dysfunction, that's what I grew up in. So I was comfortable there. But when she started to give me grace and, and forgive me and, and have mercy on me when I knew that I didn't deserve it, that's truly when the Holy Spirit just started speaking to me, saying, wow, you know, look, this is the love of God right here. And that was what was able to change my heart and make me not want to do those things that I was doing. Because at first, you know, I really didn't care. You yeah. Know? And I wish I could say that I had given him all that grace at the beginning, but I did it all wrong. And I just was, I was angry and hurt and I'd have been hurt in other marriages. And so here I was with Richard and I was determined that it was my way or the highway. And so I belittled him, talked to him, you know, ugly and said a lot of ugly things and, and tried to, to shame him into doing better. And that didn't work. So you know, it took years. So I wasn't, I didn't have that halo on all the time. Let's just say that. No, no. So yeah, that, uh, we don't walk around with a halo. That's for sure. And how difficult was it for you to, to bring, your baggage from previous marriages into your own marriage and how in the world did you remove the clutter? Wow. That's <laughs> such a good question because Perfect. I remember when we, yeah, we perpetrated, you know, first. You know uh, but I remember when we first started going to church, uh, Dr. Bond and I would hear, Oh, there's going to be a process and baby Christian and seasoned Christian and mature Christian and trust the process and trust the process. And, you know, I was just, I was leery of God. I didn't go to church. So I just wanted to make sure that this thing was for real. But through that process, 
you start to there's a trust factor that is not there at the very beginning sometimes because yeah. you're kind of holding that baggage and you're afraid or ashamed or embarrassed to release it. But once you do, you do it in little bits at a time. And if your spouse is accepting of it and y'all are able to work through it, well, then now your trust grows a little bit more and you're able to give a little bit more and a little bit more until you're able to you know, speak freely. And at first, Dr. Bond, I mean, we had so much baggage. Like I said, I was married twice before Richard was married. What? <laughs> oh, good one good one Richard <laughs> but I'm just going to say this real quick I'm glad that you didn't ask at the very beginning how long have you been married because we did a radio show not long ago and, and the guy didn't know us that well and we were talking and he said so we did all 30 minutes and he said so we're getting great information now how long have y'all been married and Richard said uh, two weeks and oh my gosh <laughs> oh, I, lo- I, I love that well, let give help uh, at this moment. Give our listeners a little, a, a couple of tips on how to diffuse a disagreement. Mm, good one. Um, so I'll tell you a good way to even start a disagreement is to start it with a soft startup because how a, a a disagreement starts determines how it ends. So if it starts on a you know you're already at zero to sixty, you've already hit the you know you're coming at it with both barrels at the beginning. Seldom, even if you have some times in that argument where it dies down, it will almost always end the same way that it started. So if you can start an argument, you know, that doesn't always happen because sometimes we're right in the middle of it. But if you can have a soft startup, that usually will determine a better ending. Um, so what things that we've learned is to, not, to be able to complain with each other, yeah. but not to criticize each other's character. You know, you can complain that you don't like something, but when you start to criticize who they are as a person, that's when things usually get ugly in an argument. Um, and maybe not talk about it right when it happens, yeah, where it's break. fresh. Um, take some time. Think about what you're going to say. And that way when, hey, I'd like to talk to you right now about such and such, about our bank account. And your spouse has the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm really livid right now about that. I don't think I could talk to you without yelling. Um, let's talk a little bit later on. Let me let me just cool uh, off. Cool off a and little it's bit. really important when you do take a break is that you don't take a break and go isolate yourself from, you know, and just get angry and you're just thinking about what you're going to say and how you're going to, you know, how you're going to get back at them. But, yeah, but, but you take a break and you focus on what's good in the other person and, and, and pray. Pray is always good. Um, and just to come back at it and not to focus on what, all, you know, have both barrels ready to come back, but focus on what's good about your spouse and to stick to the, the, the issue itself. You know, and then to receive if, if the other party or the other your spouse is coming at you with a trying to repair something like, you know, you I, I clean the I always clean the bathroom and then and then you just look. Yeah, that's right. You know, but I did this and I mowed the lawn. But if you said, hey, you know what? Yeah, you always do. And just receive that repair attempt from the other person. A lot of times we don't receive the, the I'm sorry and the forgiveness. And then they just keep on going. And then we get on the crazy cycle. Yeah, it's. um you know, it's always a work in progress. And, um, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, as long as I've been married, um, you know, there there's ups and downs. But, uh, you know, I think people need to stop using the stop throwing the word divorce around as a weapon. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, <clears throat> because all you're doing is threatening someone. And I'm thinking, you know, you know, y- you fell in love with this person. You wanted, you proposed, you wanted to marry them, you wanted to give them the best life possible, and then when a bump in the road happens, you're ready to crucify them, and, and then throw them out the door, and 
leave their clothes out on the lawn. And it, it doesn't make any sense. And most of the arguments that I've seen or maybe the disagreements that lead to an end of a marriage are really some of the dumbest things I've ever seen because every situation, yeah, every situation I've, I've seen, uh, can be overcome. And I know that some of them, you know, I understand that, uh, I'm not going to say abusive relationships. I mean, if a woman's been beat up multiple times, I'm like, get out. But, uh, absolutely. But, 100%. But, yeah. And then with, you know, with adultery, we know what the Bible says on that. Um, that's going to be up to that person on how far they're going to take forgiveness. <clears throat> and if that, if that can be worked out. And I know in some cases it, it has worked out. Um, you know, I hit a bump in the road. I mean, I'm going to confess right here. I was a, you know, in the 31 years, I was probably a jerk for the first 20. And um, <clears throat> I remember, I remember being on Daystar with, uh, with Marcus and uh, Joni. And the next morning, I got handed divorce papers. And, I, and I'm like, well, you know, you know, got, and not technically that I was completely blindsided. I will say that, but uh, a very, very close pastor friend of mine. And and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to tell you exactly what he said so don't be offended but he sat me down and he said ward you're an asshole plain and simple <laughs> and and i and let me tell you something i needed that i needed that brutal honesty he says you're an asshole and he goes but i want to tell you something if you want to get michelle back you're gonna you're gonna have to do one thing and the first thing is is you're gonna have to understand that jesus loves you and i was like wow wow and, um, and then from that, you know, then it was up to me, um, <clears throat> you know, and it took me probably, it took me a year to repair my, uh, to repair damage that I caused just yeah. from being argumentative, um, you know, causing disagreements that technically should have never been caused and just, you know, and, and I was, you know, projecting my frustrations and irritabilities on her. But, uh, I will say this for the last, for the last 10, um, it's been fantastic. I mean, it's Jesus every day. And, and let me tell you something, you know, God heals and, and guys, let me tell you something, cast down that pride and, um, and, and get humble before the Lord and the Lord will heal, uh, the, you know, heal you first, you know, cause you know, I, I made a post on Facebook this morning, you know, you, we have to allow the Lord to do his work in us before he can work through us. And I know that, uh, for both of you, he's done exactly that. And now, you know, you're reaching the world and helping people in their marriage. Amen. So, yeah. And then, yeah. You know, believe me, that comes with a price because the enemy doesn't like it. <laughs> you <laughs> said something earlier <laughs> that you were handed with divorce payments. You know, I'm hey, not sure the paper. statistics, but I know um, over 80% of the divorces that have already happened, Dr. Bond, that have already happened, 80% of the men didn't even see it coming. Didn't even see well, the, the even know the, the wife that, is the one that, that went filed for divorce, yeah, yeah. and the men had no clue. There was one thing that you said about divorce that that helped us is we used to throw that divorce around because that was like our ace in the hole. You know, you better do it or I'm getting a divorce. Because yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did the I did the same stupid thing. You yeah. know. But then so, I stopped. We we learned we weren't supposed to throw the, the, said, the divorce word around, so we just started throwing death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's turn this around and, and, and make and bring in the happiness here. Now, how can, especially for us guys, so I know Richard, you probably say something about this and I know Sherry will too, but how can one be romantic, romantic if you aren't the romantic type? You know, that's a, another, you've got all these great questions. 
what I have to do is I have to study my wife because my wife isn't about coming home and I've got rose petals all over the floor because as soon as she sees them, she's like, hers is at her love language is acts of service. So she's like, who's going to clean all this up? You know? Uh, so <laughs> that's not her, her love language. Her love language is, you know, um, acts of service. So I do stuff for her. Uh, I make sure that the kitchen's clean. I, I clean up after myself. Uh, I keep my stuff organized and clean, um, just the little things and being able to, and our second is quality time. So I spend as much quality time with her as possible. And when, when she talks, I want to listen to her. I want to hear everything that she has to say. I want her, because we hear Dr. Bond that a woman's number one need is security. Well, I used to think it was money, but it's not. It's emotional security, spiritual security, and, and of course, monetary security. Well, security knowing that your relationship is in a good place right. and that your spouse isn't going to walk out the door. And you know? so if we're arguing every day, then my wife is not in a good place, no matter what. No matter what we think is going on, and I think, well, she's got it. If she just wasn't being a jerk, she'll figure it out. But if she's upset because our household is not in order, then our marriage is going to be out of order. And that's a guarantee. And then the five size of the honey, the burning, keeping the home fires burning. Um, You know, he's right. What does romantic look like to your spouse? Because for different people, it means a different thing. You know, I don't really care too much about going to a romantic candlelight dinner, but I do want to, you know, hang out and watch TV and binge watch our shows. We don't always have to go out somewhere. Um, non-sexual touches is a really big thing. You know, most, most husbands don't realize that women need, uh, women need non-sexual touching, you know, and they need, uh, seven non-sexual touches a day. And that means not touching anything else other than the shoulders. It doesn't mean a pat on the butt. It means, you know, giving them a shoulder rub, a little kiss on the cheek. Uh, when I first met Richard, every time he was coming down the hallway, I was like playing dodgeball. It seemed like I was like, oh, here he comes again. You know, I was like, oh, trying to like maneuver my way around like a football player because I knew he was going to come at me. And, like an octopus. <laughs> yeah, like Mr. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, and, and and guys are notoriously guilty of this. You know, if if the wife or girlfriend is, uh, let's say, massaging the, the, the guy's shoulders or back, guys, it does not have to lead to sex every single time. They get really tired of that, okay? So, uh, you know, enjoy the massage. It doesn't have to go further than that. And, and at the same time, you know, return the favor. Now, how do we keep that flame burning after the honeymoon stage wears off? Oh, and explain the honeymoon stage. The honeymoon stage. You mean that thing that lasts 18 to 36 months? That's the honeymoon stage. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people, you know, usually around year five or six, most people get divorced within the first five years, three to five. Um, but when the tingles wear off and we're, we're ministering to couples, I say, hey, before y'all, are y'all willing to do anything and everything to save your marriage? And when they're both in agreement, I say, okay, there's a time we stop living as me and a time we start to live as we as a married couple. Isn't that great? They say, yes, it is. I say, on average, that only takes nine to 14 years. And they freak out. They're like, they, their balls <laughs> drop and they're like, what? Like, we're in year three. You know, yeah. you mean nine to 14 years? And that's where that grace comes in and the no divorce. And we're going to work through our issues. And so the honeymoon stage lasts 18 to 36 months. But once we get past that, that's truly when love starts to blossom. Uh, and, or it can. And, and it can. can. You know, and it's not, we're not saying that the honeymoon stage goes away. 
No, but, but you have to be intentional about right. it. You, you have, have to, to be, be able to do things like we to date your spouse, you know, but you got to clarify that because when Richard and I first met, you know, uh, Richard asked me, what's the most important thing? What did you say? What's I the said, most what is the most important thing that we do? And she said, oh, what's, what's the most important thing that we should do? Right. To, to keep our keep marriage, marriage good and strong. And she you goes, know? I think after we get married, we need to continue to date. And I thought, I've got the best wife ever. Yeah, but you got to clarify content because I met each other. <laughs> oh well, well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a daily thing. You know, for for me, I have to, I have to literally keep reminding myself because, uh, m- the fun part of my life is my career, and and I have to literally put it aside to remember that there is another life besides that career. And, um, because I'm so heavily minded on that. And, uh, and so I have to, you know, remind myself it's, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I'll buy my wife, Michelle flowers, um, for no reason, you know, it doesn't have to be her birthday. doesn't have to be anniversary. Just buy it just because I know it's going to, to, to brighten her day. Uh, maybe bring home, you know, for me, you know, I still kind of believe in the whole flowers and chocolate kind of thing. But, um, but at the same time, like you said, it's, it's that uh, <clears throat> emotional connection. It's, uh, you know, still dating when you're when you're married. And, uh, you know, it was funny. We were we were in a restaurant one time <clears throat> and we were just having having a discussion. We were talking and we were laughing. And um, this the waiter kept watching us and he um, <laughs> we didn't really notice it at first. And and later on in the meal, he he finally came over. and He says, I got to ask you a question. And I said, what's that? He goes, uh, how long have y'all been married? And I think at that time, it was probably like 29 years. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. He goes, I figured y'all would have been newlyweds the way that y'all were carrying on. And I'm like, wow. Because, you know, I'm thinking the whole time, well, okay, I was a jerk for 20 years. You know, and then nine years later, there was a great compliment. Because I'm like, wow, you know, we're doing something right. But, uh, you know, to me... I think one of the scariest things to me, and, and this is just for me, I'm not speaking for everybody else, but, you know, in the Bible, and guys, you better listen to this, because I don't care if you're a believer or a non-believer, uh, God treats everybody the same. And in the Word says that uh, if you mistreat your wife, your prayers are hindered. So whatever you've been asking for and believing for, if you're not treating your wife right... You can forget about whatever you're asking for. It's not going to happen. And uh, and and that, you know, tell you one thing, that's just and that was just one of the little things that kind of opened my eyes, you know, because, you know, God expects us that if we, you know, you know, we got married and, you know, that ring is a never ending circle and it's a covenant. And, you know, I learned that God has never broken his covenant with us. And we should never break the covenant that we make um, with him. And marriage is one of those things. And, you know, and when I got handed those papers and not that it was a, a huge shock, um, it was reality is what it was. And I, I learned really quick, you know, like, OK, um, I got to start making some changes and that changes starts with me. And, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't ashamed to, to get into counseling. Uh, it was funny because. Uh, both of you said something in the very beginning of this interview that my my counselor actually told me <clears throat> that, you know, when it comes to 
not technically disagreements. It's more of he found that one of my core problems was my reaction time was zero to a hundred in a millisecond. And and he was saying, first of all, when somebody says something to you, you need to realize is that something you have to react to now or is it something that you can say, hey, let me get back to you in about uh, 15 minutes. Or is it something that you can say, let me get back to you in an hour and I'll have an answer. Or is it something you say, let me get back to you tomorrow. He said, do what you can to diffuse yourself and to slow your reaction down so you don't keep getting yourself into trouble. And that was the very first thing he said. And it's still the biggest thing that I remember. And so if Michelle says something to me, you know, I have to be mindful and say, tell myself, don't react. You need to think before you speak. And, uh, you know, even the Bible tells us to do that, yep. you know, and, Quick you know, person, so to speak, and even slow to anger. Yep. Yes. And, and I had, and, and that was, uh, one of the scriptures I truly had to live by. And, um, you know, it, but again, it's a process. Um, and it for, is. for, for both of you, I mean, what is the one thing we as spouses, uh, can do differently starting today? to actually make our marriage better? Well, what worked for us is we started praying together every morning. And, you know, I know it's hard for, you know, if you're if you're an unbeliever, um, you know, I used to, you know, I didn't go to church always. I wasn't always in church when we first got married. Um, I kind of came from the street. So, you know, it's kind of hard to believe, like, oh, well, prayer. Like, well, we don't pray. Well, if you even believe that there is a Jesus and there is a God, then you can't pray because prayer is the one thing that just, it's spirit to spirit, and it, it does something in our heart. It, it lets our hard heart that's just been blackened by the world and, and disappointment and everything that we've learned and taken all the negativity in in our whole entire life, that it does something by it releases it slowly. It releases it and releases it. And all of a sudden, you get to hear your spouse's heart and how they feel. And you start to not react the way you used to react because you understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, you know, like I said, Richard and I came from, we were very much came from the world. We had a big party lifestyle for several years. We've both been married before. We didn't have God in our life. Um, so praying together was very foreign to us for several years. Even when we started going to church, all we could ever say was the Lord's Prayer because we were just embarrassed and it was too intimate. But when we really started to pray for one another and to call those things that are not as if they were and to speak out things that, that and then, and what we could see in our eyes and what, what looked like what reality was is not what we were praying about. We were praying about things we couldn't see. And the Bible even says to pray about those things that you can't see. And so we started just speaking life into each other and edifying each other in our prayers and with our words. And, and you know, does your spouse feel loved? Ask your spouse, you know, um, you know, are you a joy to be married to? You know, what's something I can do differently is, you know, to find out what your spouse's love language is and and talk about what that looks like to them. How do they feel loved? A lot of couples come to us and say, well, I've fallen out of love, but they don't understand love. A, love is a choice. And B, they just they're, they're looking at maybe love from the movies and not what love looks like for that person. And we watch Instagram and we see social media and all this and everybody's life looks so perfect. But. That's not even that's not even reality. We need to talk one on one and be intimate with our spouse about our hurts and our feelings and how we feel loved. And it you needs know, to be a safe place. Your spouse needs to be a safe Sure. Place. And I, when we were trying to rebuild our marriage, 
on a weekly basis would say on a scale of one to 10, how is your marriage? And, you know, she would, there was a time when we first started this and she said a two. And I literally thought our marriage was an eight, eight and a half. And we had the hugest <laughs> fight because I couldn't understand how, how's that, my marriage is an eight and your marriage is a two. But you know was, what? His niece were getting mad. He, uh, he was getting fed. He was getting sex. He was getting, you know, everything was good on his end. He's late, like, yeah, to watch football. Yeah, he was happy. But my niece. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's you know I think us guys need to stop acting like apes most of the time and realize that um, you know w- we picked our better half for a reason. And uh, for all of you out there who've been listening to this incredible interview, uh, and if you're if you're riding in your car, you're at home, you're in your office, and you're thinking about divorce, maybe you've been handed the papers. Uh, maybe you're heading to court to, to sell it 50-50 or whatever. Really, really think about, are you doing the right thing? I mean, is it a selfish thing? Are you just wanting out because you think light, that the grass is greener on the other side? Or you did not realize that there's a big commitment when it comes to marriage. But marriage is great. Marriage is an institution. That's why they call it an institution. It is created by God for man and woman, to come together and uh, to love one another, to have a helpmate. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, two heads are better than one. Uh, as the word says, when man and woman come together, they become one. Uh, and God honors that. And it's an amazing thing. So any of you out there who are thinking about the big D, regardless if you know Jesus or not, and we're not really preaching to you here, but we, you know, we, we know who we serve. I know who Sherry and Richard serve. I know who I serve. But uh, if you just say, Lord, I don't know what to do. You got to show me. I can guarantee you he will show you the moment you ask him um, because he doesn't want to see the institution of marriage crumble. I mean, over 50 percent of the marriages don't survive today. And most of it's over stupid reasons. And guys, I know a lot of times it's based on stupid things that we do. And I know all the women aren't perfect out there either, but, you know, I'm a guy. I know where I'm coming from. So take it from me. Take it from Sherry and Richard. They, they've gone through that. Um, I almost went through that. But uh, so I'm going to stop talking. Uh, but I want to thank my guest, uh, Richard and Sherry Bright. It's been an absolute honor. And, guys, I'm going to have you back on the show because y'all are just too much fun. Oh, Oh, we have yeah. There's a lot. We love talking about marriage. You know, we love doing it, and uh, we love doing our comedy date nights and doing stuff. You know, and and just teaching serious stuff about marriage too. You know, we just love to. Uh, we shouldn't have made it. You know, so yeah, if we, we can make it anyway, we'll make right. it. And what is your uh, what is your uh, what is your website? Therealbrights.com. All right, go to so people. Yeah, therealbrights.com. Okay, and, and we have a channel too. <laughs> ah, good. Well, and for all of you out, uh, for all of you out there, if you're a, if uh, you're looking for the best comedy team out there, go to their website. You need to book them for 2019. You're gonna love them. Your uh, your guests will love them as well. And ladies and gentlemen, also remember to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at radiomd.com/drbond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds. Give us a five-star rating on the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. 
And now you can download our show on Spotify. So just look up Dr. Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. You can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.